another episode of the Culture Podcast, soccer podcast for us, by us. Talk about your section of black culture and American soccer. Got your boy here, Grego here. We're got my homegirl from Austin, the the air Miss Airness herself, <laughs> Miss Amani Williams. What's good, man? We finally got here. We had a little technical difficulties before, but you know, we made it in the end. Uh, we out here. It's good to be here with you tonight. Yeah, yeah. Glad to have you on. Um, like I said, like <laughs> this episode actually won't be ex- excessively long because there's really only one thing that I want to talk about. Now, for those of y'all that don't know Miss Amani Dub, um, uh, she had the fortune, good fortune of being one of the capos at the U.S. Women's game against Ireland. You know, of course, I, I've experienced like this, like. This is almost an old hat for you at this point, right? Yeah, 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 right. I've, I've done this a lot. It feels like it feels like home a little bit. It feels, you know, Austin FC is like, you know, it's such a privilege to be able to be part of Austin FC because um, the support is so huge. And like the club does so many things to make sure that the supporters can do as much as they can. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. I don't think any club in the world has their supporters with as much privilege as Austin FC supporters in terms of backing for the club, uh, what the club has done to make supporting the team easy, doing a lot of things to like almost sponsor away travel and make it a lot easier uh, for, for us to get access to tickets and all these special events. And it's it's very cool. And they keep it going. They keep it moving. Um, but yeah, U.S. soccer, gets, like it's like being at an actual professional sporting event. <laughs> Like where, like you know, it's like being in like an NFL game. It's like you're not going to be hanging out on the sidelines, like getting high fives from the players. Like it's 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 a much more intense uh, experience. But much more buttoned up. Yeah, a lot more buttoned up. But that, that's that's what I know. That's what I know. Like compared to Austin FC, it's like night and day. Um, but it's it's always good to go out there and support the teams. For us, it was a really busy day on the Capo side because we have the Tifo, um, which I've I haven't been super healthy the last like month or two. So I didn't really help too much with the TIFO, but when it came comes to like rigging, getting everything ready in the stadium, that's like my bread and butter. So, um, you know, by the time we got there, uh, it was definitely easier to be able to help. Um, so yeah, then after that, we had we had the card stunt, you know. So there was the TIFO, and then there was mm-hmm. the card stunt. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> like that was you know and, y'all y'all going all out. Yeah, y'all y'all, like, y'all doing anything like y'all. That was U.S. soccer though too, but it was just like I had to like prep the crowd, make sure the prep the crowd knew what was happening, you know, just just to make mm-hmm. sure that like people who've never experienced that know what a mosaic is. They have like little little eye slits in the mosaic so people don't miss the game. <laughs> but What's the, happening? Yeah. I just know I'm holding this thing up. Exactly. <laughs> little eye, yeah, it's just. It was incredible, but then yeah, the TIFO was a collaborative TIFO. So unlike Austin FC, where everything is happening locally, we had people sending in parts of the mm-hmm. TIFO from all over the country, and we had a main part of the TIFO coming oh, wow. from national. They'd worked on it in another part of the country, so it came in, and it didn't get oh, wow. okay. too late. Uh, so it, so it got here a day later, and then it rained the next two days, and you can't do TIFO. Uh, did it did it just rain everywhere this weekend? Cause like like here in Atlanta, like Saturday was just a, a just a a shitty rainy mess, and you know just in time for 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 Easter on 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 Sunday. Of course, they, uh, for everybody who does celebrate, you know, Happy Resurrection. 
but uh <laughs> yeah yeah slower yes yes Am but um but yeah like it's <laughs> yes 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 it. absolutely so yeah like man listen you i i might have to include ramadan in one of my uh to take care of our players like i said I'll, I'll get into that later but yes the tifo got got me got, oh boy i thought this was supposed to be a short episode because you know we can talk about most and ramadan we can talk about all sorts of things if you want i see you trying to sneak but, in that um, that liverpool scarf i see you over there say we try to try to keep try to stay focused here try to stay focused but yeah we'll, we'll say, trust me we'll, I, got, I got the u.s scarf in the back <laughs> okay but yes i gotta rep all the teams all the teams but yeah we'll uh well yeah we'll definitely make sure to get up in that two up down but um but yeah of course um before I go get too far, of course, you know, thank you for checking something for the podcast apps. Apple Podcasts is, is, is somehow back because I, I honestly did not, I don't know what I fixed. I don't know if I fixed anything. I just know it's, it's, it's we're, the episodes are, are back up on there. Uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, all of them. And of course, the FTC to the YouTube channel. So, yeah. We're, we're at the TIFOs, we're, we're at the card stunts. So, like, when you're capoing, like, are, like, how much of the game are you actually able to, like, really watch? Yeah, of course. Like, so, it's, when it comes to watching the game, uh, it's different depending on what saving you're in. Also, see, we're really lucky to have the Jumbotron right in front of us. So, um, it kind of, it makes makes it easier but also harder because if you're if it's easy to be distracted from doing your role yeah because so, you can see like, what's going um, on like oh shit like <laughs> yeah yeah so if it's easy to be distracted from your role um you know so like there's that but in term, but it depends also like how much help you have how many people you have going on like austin's a, a rebuilding chapter like it's it's founded in 2010 so yeah, okay. it's 13 years old. People have like run the chapter, you know, got married, had kids, bought a house, retired. Yeah, the chapter, yeah. And like, yeah, so it's been a while. So we're kind of rebuilding. So like trying to find enough people that know the songs and then also have the confidence to like jump on this platform is huge. You've also experienced like a lot of, of weirdness from um, like, there, yeah, we have a lot of Mexico fans, and I think there's a little bit of mm-hmm. bashing, a lot of bashing, a lot of AO bashing, a lot of, and there's a lot of new people in soccer here that really just didn't know what we got to Austin FC, so we're not getting like anywhere I mean, near the recruiting numbers that we should. Uh, but it's kind of hard to do that, like when the biggest, with the big, biggest and most influential supporters group is actively telling people how much you suck, and unfortunately um, for AO, you know. People don't know the songs. Like, I mean, I don't care if you're an AO or not. If you I mean, but AO's been using the same songs for like the last like eight to ten years, so it's 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 not that hard. But I will will say this: I will say this. I listen. Here's the thing, though: we have other songs that no one bothered to learn. (laughs) Like, I I try to mix it up. If you like listen to Capo, I'll try to mix it up, and like people are like. They just don't know them. And even for the women's World Cup coming up, I've got two songs like ready to go for Alex Morgan and okay. Julie Ertz that are that are fun and like let's go. But like again, if people don't learn them, then you're just a crazy person singing up there. You need more than like five or ten people to like know that, the that songs. That is true. But there's other complications with that too. Like there's other complications. For example, 
back in the glory days of AO, as I like mm-hmm. to call it, um, like right up until like 2016, 2017 was probably like the end of it for uh-huh. real, for real. Uh, but those glory days of AO, um, we used to have our own section. Like it would just be the AO section. AO distributed the tickets themselves. Mm-hmm. There was really nobody else in our section that wasn't invited. And so when it came to like starting the songs and building the culture and stuff like that, like that was huge. Because now, like, yes, like, you know, I had to deal with, uh, you know, on Saturday, people right behind the drums sitting the whole game. Like, you're like one row or two rows behind the drums and you're just sitting in the supporter section, chilling the whole game. And, you know, those aren't AO oh, no. Like, it's, it's not the AO section. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's rough, but. I don't know. It's like you, when it comes to like what, you, how much you see the game, you've got to read the game and all that kind of stuff. Like for me, yeah, Saturday was one of the hardest games I've ever capoed in my life. Really? That was really hard. Um, yeah, I was pretty much the only capo. Um, about, we had our friend Paul. Uh, I had people that I just recruited up. I say Don, to Donald was the capo because usually that like kind of like that's like his like de facto hometown. So like usually when yeah, you know what. Don needs a day off every now and again too. That is true. You know what I'm that saying? is true. Like, I will say that. A- I will say that. Like, like he go, like he goes, like he's everywhere. And you know, you know, yeah. God, God bless him. <laughs> and you know, it kind of like how you, like how you go into like went to a, a little while ago. Like, you know, you want to get that new generation in, like, whether it's you know for club or for country, like with, with AO, and it's like, you know people do get older they, they do get families and it's like and and like doing the supporter side of it that part of it you know it gets a little harder and harder to do because like yeah like i gotta i gotta go you know pick up my kid from, from babysitting i gotta go you know do some i gotta have date night with my wife and everything and, and, it, and it not be uh, a soccer game <laughs> and um you know like, like things like that like yeah you gotta balance right, that you gotta right. balance that out and and like you know like depending on like what type of uh community outreach that you have just as far as like just welcoming people new people in because like that's that's a huge thing I, I believe when it comes to you know developing a supporters group because it's not just about like who's there right now at the end of the day it's, a, it's always about like who will you bringing up and you know and giving them the culture so that you know at some point they'll be like hey you know I've, I've been wanting to do this for a long time like you know whenever the opportunity comes hey you know let me see what I could do it and that's how this thing keeps on going because I mean you know it, it it you know like people can't be capo for like 20 years it sounds it sounds great in theory yeah. but it just no no it doesn't no like people don't understand like it's something that you want to pass on like you are spot on there like you it is something that is made for 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 you to pass on to somebody else and i think that's how football traditions become strong and how clubs become strong mm-hmm. because you know strong support makes strong clubs and so like I, I said when Austin FC was getting started and, you know, the, before the club had even had a coach or anything, I was like, I want a capo for like maybe two, three years, maybe four years, maybe like, but I'm done after that. I want to just help train the next generation of people. And then I actually want to sit back and enjoy a match and not do anything. My God, I have so much stuff to do. Uh, yeah, Saturday, like I said, was one of the most challenging games we ever capoed. 
we had to rig the TFO. We were in the stadium at 8 in the morning. We had to finish rigging the TFO at 8 a.m. because the piece didn't come in on time. We got ringed out. Oh, wow. So we had to do it like at the stadium, 8 o'clock in the morning, do all the banner hanging and stuff. Uh, the police ended up canceling our march. We were supposed to do a march. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty relieved because 1.30 kickoff, I kind of wanted to relax after doing TFO. No, I get it. I get it. I, get it. I, I definitely get it. Um, so there's that. So I was kind of just, everyone's like, is there a match? And I was like, no, nah, we're just, it's early. We're just going to let people go because the police are supposed to give us an escort. They didn't, uh, we didn't want to just walk on the sidewalk or, you know, anything like that. So um, <laughs> then we had to, you know, raise the TFO, which is, well, for Austin FC, when we raise the TFO, they close our section, right? Okay. Huge privilege to have them, like, actually close our section, like, the, the where the ropes are. Okay. So they close, like, they have an entire row across the supporter section where the TFO ropes are, where they rope off. And even if your seats are there, you're not supposed to access that section. Security will tell you to leave uh, unless you're on the TFO team, you're pulling the ropes, right? It makes it really easy to just jump on and be a rope puller. Um, but then like um, for us, it's not that simple. Everyone is in their seats because it's US soccer. Mm-hmm. So everyone's seated already. So you have to have a lot of conversation with people before the game starts of like, hey, this is going to happen. This person going to sit in front of you. Just so you know, during this time, we're going to be raising this TFO. Uh, please watch your feet and all, all this kind of stuff. And then as the stadium fills up, you know, you got to make sure you don't lose your TFO pullers in the crowd because you have people coming from all over the country. It's not like your friends that you always hang out with every week that are in town. So just another different dynamic for US soccer. Then yeah, card thing. The injuries, horrific. I'm so upset about what happened to Mel Swanson. Like so, I'm. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 get up in that real so quick because, uh, like I said, uh, you know, the the U.S. women they played Ireland um, on Saturday. Um, they also have uh, one more game. I believe it's uh, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, and um, so first of all. If that's what we're, we're going to give in at the World Cup, we might be in trouble because, like, all, all things considered, like, there are some times where Ireland was giving us some good well, here's work. the thing. Ireland was and, also pretty, like, rough and tumble. Not to mention a lot of the players are, like, American. Yes, and, they were. Like, they, you know, grew up here, went to school here, and kind of, like, um, you know, we're kind of recruited to jumpstart, re- restart Ireland's women's national team because Ireland's women's national team was literally like Bennett, like Beckham in 2000. I, I had a friend that, that used to play for them back before anyone cared and they had no funding, they had nothing, no travel. Like there was like, you had to pay for your own travel. Like there was so much going on and there was nothing really for Irish women's soccer. Like people just shrugged your shoulders um, if, if you mm-hmm. paid for them. And so I was kind of really happy to see at least some investment being made and um because at the at the end of the game the irish players stuck around for a long time to like hug their families and all that kind of stuff it represents a huge journey for them as players um to even just step on the pitch with the women's national team at the international level play for ireland which is you know their culture that's why they're on the team so that's that's pretty exciting for them and, and again full circle for me because i grew up in an irish community and i don't know what i would have done uh, to really get to know soccer culture if it wasn't for uh, people like in the New Haven and the Irish American Club and, and Hamden, Connecticut and everyone over there. So absolutely huge. Cool. But uh, cool. Mal Pugh, sorry, Mallory Swanson, I got to to that still. I still want to, I still want to do the Pugh Pugh's as their song. I'm like, I, I want to ask her that. <laughs> I mean, we got we to figure, figure something out for that because yeah, like, you know, I, I, I want to say 
uh, I want to say Sky still do do something to reference that, even though it's still calling her Mount Swans now. But yeah. Um, so first off, we had to talk about the she got knocked down. I think like in like the eleventh or twelfth minute, and um, had like some type of knock to her back. Now, did you see that? Because like I like I I missed. I saw her when she was on the ground, and like they showed a close up of her face, and she looked shook to shit, and. And I was like, oh, like, whatever's going on, this, like, it looks kind of scary. And But surprisingly, she she got back up and eventually she came back and uh, she went back into the game. Yeah. Uh, fast forward about maybe 15, 20 minutes later, she has the collision um, with one of the um, Ireland players. And they showed one shot of her knee. And I was like, oh, no. Because that... Cause like I at first I thought it was an ACL, but of course, um, well we come to find out later, which actually kind of makes sense. It was actually a torn patella tendon. So all this considered, like she's likely out of the World Cup, and that's a real shame because two things: one, she's been absolutely on fire uh, so far this year. I think she scored like eight goals in um, in the uh, previous six games for the U.S. women, and. Like she's basically been like, yeah, outside of like Sophia Smith, like she's been like our our, our most informed yeah. attacker, and and um and then second of all, like because anybody that was on social, especially on Twitter, in the um in the immediate moments um during both both um um injuries, um and and ourselves included, like. There is a reasonable amount of of venom going towards um, the head coach Flacco, um, just as far as because, like, granted, this is the last uh, break before the World Cup in uh, the starts in July. However, I'm gonna just go on a limb and say that that uh, Mal Swanson's spot was safe, <laughs> and that. <laughs> Her and that there was, was no safe. reason for her to keep playing. Yeah, yeah. There is no reason for it to, to, to go ahead and just say take her out and say just say hey, we're gonna play it safe. We're gonna make sure she's good. And if she's you know she's good to go, you know for for Tuesday she can play. But instead she goes right back in and and uh and the knee injury happens. And I mean, like I said, you know. Injuries happen, but again, you're talking about a friendly going into a World Cup. Just say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna play it safe here. Let's just go ahead and you know bring it in and and work this out." This and this it's, it's a real, real, real um, unfortunate um, uh, thing that had to happen. Uh, what, what, yeah, what it, it was absolutely terrible, and I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, there is absolutely no reason to risk a player of her importance and of her caliber uh, in a friendly this close to the World Cup after already taking a clearly visible knock. Um, I mean, I didn't see it until after it happened. And for us, like, so, because I was, like, lead capo. So I was busy, like, helping to call the songs and then, like, starting the songs. And, like, you know, we don't have a murder or a band. We don't even have megaphones. Because U.S. soccer doesn't allow megaphones because they don't want anyone to yell anything that, you know, they could get in trouble with. So, like, they don't, yeah, but like they, they don't allow megaphones anymore. We always have to fight okay. people about megaphones. Um, but like, uh, so at first I didn't see it, 
And because uh, we're trying to figure out what song we're going to do next. And then someone's like, wait, hold on, there's an injury. And I look behind me. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I saw the play, but I didn't see the injury. But yeah, she was down. And then, okay. you know, we obviously stopped singing out of respect. I think I, I'm a very big believer of like when a player is down the pitch, you're supposed to stop singing. So the band should stop. I'm like a very, very big believer in that just to give uh, the medical staff mm-hmm. some peace and the ability to hear especially things like breathing and, and other things that might be important. You never know uh, with the medical issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for us, MC, we literally never stop when the, when any player is down. Uh, but for us, um, for AO, we always make sure we, we do. And, and, and just U.S. soccer in general, whether it's AO or Ferris 76 or whoever's up there with us. Um, but mm-hmm. she looked out of it, man. She just looks, you know. Yeah, yeah, like... like- they're like the, the, the first um, knock. Um, like so, they had the the TV cameras had like, a go like one quick um, close up of her face, and like she's like, um, like she is like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? And like, and just in the moment, I was like, whatever's going on, she needs to be yeah. off, off this. Pitch. Yeah, like you're and, speak the truth and speak it and. And again, like you're talking about, you're trying to, you know, make sure you know everything's kind of like as working as as best as it can before the World Cup. But I'm like, she's not fighting for a spot. I, if 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 for some reason, cause I know, like I heard some really all, all, really some Flacco was talking outside of his neck before before um Saturday's game, talking about like. You know, she could do a little bit more. She could have scored four four goals against Kansas City. I was like, dog, like what? Like what? Like what are we doing here? But um, but uh, not always uh, not uh, Sophia Smith. But um, but yeah, like you're you, you keep needling these these players and you know trying to get them to, to do more and and push for more. And I get that to an extent, but I'm like, at some point, you also have to be like, hey, she's good. Yeah, go ahead, come on out here, and and um, you know, we'll, we'll make yeah. sure. Like I said, at, if if we if we need you on on Tuesday, cool. But otherwise, we're gonna make sure we will wrap you up in bubble I, bubble wrap and make sure you on the plane I was really to close New Zealand. To it. And like after we, you know, after we stop it, and we kind of, you know, we already knew what's on we're gonna do. I, you know, I don't get to turn around very often, so I had a really good view of like how she was doing, and and like you know, I just I was, it, she's literally right in front of me. I think probably like eight eight feet away maximum um and so i was mm-hmm. looking down on it because i'm obviously on the capo stand so i'm in even more of an elevated position and she didn't look comfortable people were saying because i i didn't see it happen in real time i saw i i did they didn't show the replay in the stadium at least not when at least not when i was mm-hmm. uh, i probably was communicating about something else but um somebody said she got kicked in the head and they're like she got kicked in the head and then they were like oh no she got kicked in the spine of the back and so, like, um, it's like the difference, oh, wow. like, no matter what, like, I remember being on the capo stand with Mallory Swanson on the ground in front of the goal, and I was just trying to see if her legs and her hands were moving, because the way that they lifted her up and turned her by the neck clearly was not, like, normal. Like, that wasn't just like, oh, like, they just got a knock over. Mm-hmm. They want, like, she was, she was, like, almost, like, out. And even if, even if she got hit in the back, like, this, the, a concussion is your brain basically slapping up against your skull inside your mm-hmm. head. 
So even if she got hit in the back, she could still have a concussion. Right. And I'm going to go full Taylor Twelman and just be like, yo, the concussion protocol or whatever it is now, because they basically have it, right? They have it. Should have been taken over. And because it's a friendly mm-hmm. and a nothing game, it should have meant she came out for all the reasons that you said. And she looks so uncomfortable. And I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. And I'm sure if you talk to the, enough specialists, you might get people who would think the same. They've got to be specialists, though, not just random people, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely a possibility that if she had a concussion or close to a concussion, it could have affected her fast twitch muscle ability and also like that extra half second Mm -hmm. or like 0.2 of a second difference is the difference between her successfully riding a challenge without injury and her leaving her leg on the ground for an instant longer and all of a sudden sustaining this awful injury because Ireland were rough the whole game they were just battering them because by skill it was I was like, this is the roughest friend I've ever seen in my life. It was it was awful. They could have had two red cards really early on. The, the referee had almost no control of the game. And it's just like, you know, they, they can't just come here and, and batter us and try to get a result. It, you know, you never know. You know, these could have been the girls that mm-hmm. beat them in college and, and high school. You never know what kind of rivalries are there. And so the referee's got to come in there and be like, yo, like, you can't yeah. do this. And lock, she should have been taken out. Concussion protocol should have been... Um, put into effect she's too much of an important player to risk and i do believe that maybe if she could have reacted faster then there's a chance that she could have like ridden that challenge because it was a terrible challenge and also it's not the first time you know there are some bad challenges in women's soccer sometimes there's bad challenges in soccer period you know but part of being a great player is is making sure those yeah. those leg breakers people try to put it on and you don't work when you embarrass them you know what i mean because they know you're gonna go yeah when you're a top player yeah. Like, that's one of the big things about being a top player, too, is, like, not only do you have to, like, you know, fight, you know, for your position or whatever, but also, like, people are going to come after you, and if they can't be better than you on the pitch with their tactical ability, some people just don't handle that well in life, and they're going to come after you and try to hurt you, put a little knock on you, leave a leg in, and that's just part of the game, so, like, for her at her level... You have to know how to how to, how to, mm-hmm. you have to know how to protect yourself um, mm-hmm. when, when possible. Her ability to and, do that might have been compromised you know, a little bit. Of course, so that's that's what I saw being so close. I, like kind of like uh, understanding concussions in sports, and and it's not something that it's a lot of heat on Latko to put before the World Cup. So I don't know if they want that kind of attention on the camp right now, but it's a little bit glaring. I mean, but that's the thing, because like. Like, 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 he had some real, like, off-the-wall comments um, going into the game. Then you see what happened here with uh, with, with Mal Swanson. I'm like, like, why not be, like I said, why not be proactive and just say, hey, you know, let's go ahead and take take her out. Because like, I, I, I get it, you know, players want to play. Ballers want a ball. <laughs> but, um, She's but, our Harry Kane. She's our, like, most solid. She's... She's like Alex Morgan is not at the age where like going to World Cup is like playing a Champions League game every four days. I don't care like men's or women's, it doesn't matter. Like you're playing against the best teams in the world every four days. It is it is grueling. It's an endurance contest for the end. If you want to win the whole thing, you've got to be able to endure. And like we needed her uh, to kind of be someone that we can rely on every game and that could potentially play every game and go almost 90, 90 minutes or more because extra time every single game and it's just like 
there's no reason to rest a player, and, and, and I agree with you. And, and, and seeing it in, in, in real time is really hard because when you – yeah, there's a lot of questions there. There's a lot of questions of, like, yeah, there's – there's Definitely. It was hard to watch up close, too, because you could see somebody, like, you know, it's rough. Yeah, yeah it's definitely rough. Um, now, the U.S. has caught up um, – the Angel City rookie Alyssa Thompson to replace uh, Miles Swanson on the team is is she a possibility as far as making the, uh, the trip to the World Cup or do we think that we have to look somewhere else? I'm not really sure. Like you, you know, it's I think it'd be to be a great choice, obviously, but I'm not really sure. One of my things about Blacko, we will see. I mean, here, you know, the national team. For the women, the the league should always be the feeder, technically, right? So your league should your domestic league is always going to feed your national team. But for us, a lot of ways, it was the opposite, where the national team fed the domestic league, um, and because the European leagues are going stronger, WSL is way stronger. German league's always been strong. What's happening with Real Madrid, Barcelona is great. The, the women's Champions League is is fantastic the last three or four years. You have to wonder if we're taking like all the advantages. Like I'm not I'm not really sure like the traditional thing with a league is like you bring the best players with you, you know, of course you have to play well. Stats count. Um but also like Yeah. Yeah. I mean it should. I mean that that that's of course with the way things are um uh, with the with the women's team clearly there's a lot of uh politics um involved in a lot of the the player selection and and of course in this uh, position here like you have a opportunity where you could just as easily look to some of your vets like a Tobin Heath or quite frankly a Kristen Press and <laughs> and or you could you could look down to somebody younger and um like a Amir Ali or a Jaden Shaw I'd be like hey you know because they're they're killing it as well yeah, so a rod like um, a rod of course uh, it was just like consistently awesome for so long it's kind of always flying under the radar but it was so vital for like World Cup and Olympic campaigns of being that like third striker, that third winger. You know what I mean? That like third player you can rely on. Um, yeah. Like who's like A Rod? She was amazing. Amy Rodriguez. I, I used to love watching her play. Um, but yeah, I think you're totally right. But I mean, yeah, I don't know because okay. So here's the thing with like anybody at sell, right? A lot of our top players are coming from all over the league, which is great. Well, a lot of those teams are designed for those mm-hmm. players' specific a- attributes. Right, so like mm-hmm. now it's like okay, how how much of that is gonna one hundred percent translate into the national team? Because until like literally up to like Megan Rapino, like again, the national team fed fed the leagues, but the leagues weren't stable. Like it wasn't like you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like people, yeah, like you, yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely, are, are less familiar with soccer, just trying to get into soccer, like um. There was many women's leagues that like folded, and many teams that folded. Even like yeah, I remember going to Boston Breakers games, and, and you know that team's like 
gone. So um, you couldn't always judge a player based on like what they were doing for that particular team in their system. So like now there's been such a huge investment in WSL, which is fantastic. More attention, more money, great, and and, and bigger TV deals and things like that. And and so you have your your star national team players who people want. They also want for their product. Um, for, for their players to be on the national team for their products in the NWSL, kind of like MLS. Um, and you just have to wonder, like, is the team going to gel the way the teams of the past have? And it's almost like an impossibility because it's mm-hmm. just people are so stretched all over the world and all of the country that, like, I don't know if we're ever going to get the teams that bonded the way they once did. Um, and the rest of the world is also catching up in terms of their skill, talent, investment, whatever. We're no longer technically dominant. We're no longer um, light years ahead instead of funding and stuff. We're still goals. Like, you know, when they play Haiti and stuff, it's, it's still a huge, massive difference. But, like, you know, I, I had the, like, it was something I really wanted to do in my life. Um, I went to go see friends I hadn't seen since before COVID who were, like, really... Uh, important to me in the UK and I um, got to go see England versus USA at Wembley such an incredible experience I think mm-hmm. I'll talk about it for the rest of my life because you know uh, it was like a you know 85,000 women and it was just packing the trains like I wondered at one point I was like am I on the right train <laughs> and then I just there's just like 95% <laughs> women on these trains and so the rest of the world is catching up uh, to see the the European champions up close in the fanfare around that. They brought out the original 1972 women's team. Um, and just the way they speak about women's soccer in the UK has changed so much in the last five years. And even with everything from players to pundits, um, characters like, you know, Jill Scott, um, just very interesting. So I don't think this is going to be the toughest World Cup we've ever had. Um, and I don't. I think we're gonna struggle to like get past the quarterfinal or semifinals. Like, I, it's no longer like a guarantee to just buy buy a ticket to the final, knowing that was there was probably like a seventy percent chance that the U.S. was gonna get there, uh, which is. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, this is something like other countries are catching up, and and because we haven't been as proactive as we probably should. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, like I said, like the other countries are growing, and we haven't haven't been as proactive as we probably should have as far as, you know, developing that next generation of our squad because like we're still relying on Becky Sauber, we're still relying on uh, Julie Ertz. I mean, Julie Ertz, like, <laughs> like you know, like like she has, she's not even. Um, sign anybody she's like hey we need you like we gotta make it work somehow so um like that like that's that's where we are like we haven't been you know as proactive as we need to be and now we're in a position where it's like yeah like you know like obviously there there are some bright spots but you know, we we could have had a, a much deeper squad to where if we did lose a mouse swanson be like okay hey we know what to do it sucks that that happened but now you're like Okay, like, like, what, what direction do we go? Because like, we, we've been calling us the same roster as much, as much as possible for the last, you know, 12, 14 months. And now you're like, okay, who else are we looking at? I mean, obviously you have uh, Trini Robin right there um, available, but 
course, you know, we, now you have to also just consider like, like in case something happens to her or certain somebody else, like who's going to be there. And of course, you're, this is your last uh, international break before the World Cup. So you like, you hope you better keep your eyes, eyes and ears open as far as, you know, who catches form between now and July. So absolutely, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll and experience is so important as well. You know, you can't forget that because you, 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 you never know how players are going to perform until they're under pressure. And Mallory Swanson is someone you know who can perform under pressure. A lot of our players that are in their late 20s, early 30s right now, especially they're like their early 30s, golden generation, two-time World Cup winners. You know, it's just it's mm-hmm. kind of the best soccer, women's soccer in the world. Like, it's just been amazing to watch. But who's going who's gonna to be the leaders? Because, you know, just like we saw with the men's national team, putting a lot of pressure on young players to perform, I thought we, we did well, but I also thought we could have done better, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I don't want to be in a situation where you kind of need uh, a leaders to kind of step up and, and they're just not available, they're not there, or they're injured. Uh, but we'll see. But like I said, this is going to be the toughest World Cup the U.S. Women's National Team has ever had. I think it'll be a humbling experience at certain stages in the knockout rounds. Um, I think the early, I think there's a new format, so there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more teams this time. So the early rounds, I think, is going to be like okay, but like I think when we get into the knockout rounds, that last sixteen, that last eight, um, it's gonna the the it's gonna be leaps and bounds. It used to be we never really faced a challenge, whether it was a World Cup or the Olympic Games, until the semifinal, maybe. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. <laughs> It's it's uh, I uh, I was chatting with uh, Sky and Sills a couple weeks ago and I and because uh, of course they they cover it you know ad nauseum over at Shea Butter and you know like there, there's at least reason to question because I mean you have v- Vietnam then um, Netherlands then Portugal that Netherlands game is going to be really interesting and I think the idea. It's going to be like, as long as we get past those first two, you know, Portugal can be whatever. And I, so I think that a lot of pressure is going to be on that, on that Netherlands game just to see like like where things are going to go as far as the knockout stages. But, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously best of luck in, um, in her recovery to uh, to Mel Swanson. Uh, let us know like what you guys think on, on the socials at uh, FTCUTD. Let us know like who you think should replace uh, Mal Swanson and and again like what do you, what are you guys thinking like like how confident are you guys um, thinking that, that, that the team will be coming out of this uh, this last uh, international break and um, you know, like so hopefully uh, things uh, work work out uh, well because like so it's the, the the field is thick right now but um, but yeah I just got a package in the mail from one of our friends of the culture, Miss Alex Rojas, out of uh, yeah. LA, uh, Angel City supporter, uh, about to go customize um, the new um, Rebellion uh, jersey for Angel City. Now, I've heard I've heard a lot of people, you know, talk a lot of shit about about this jersey, and you know, now that I have it in my hands, like I said, it's it's okay. But like I said, obviously, it needs a little bit, at least a little bit of sauce, it needs a little bit of juice. So and that's what and that's what we're here to do as far as uh, you know making it all silky smooth. And of course, if you need a jersey that's all, that, that needs to be made all silky smooth, make sure you hit us up at FTCUTD 
Facebook.com or slash shop. Get your name sets, get your shirts. I think we still have some hats. Apparently, it's still cold in some places around the country. Apparently, it's still <laughs> rainy as fuck in some kind of countries, so, so, some parts of the country. So, you know, you might still need a hoodie. So, like I said, hit us up. We got you covered. And uh, we'll make sure that everything is good. Um, I know, like, I actually have a, um, a couple of national team jerseys that, um, that I'm about to hook up. And wherever you are, KO, text me back so I can get these damn jerseys. But yeah, like I said, we, 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 we got work. Everything's everything. So let's uh, get up in this two up and two down. Now, of course, I'm going to be on the um, international episode this week. So I, I'm actually just going to leave it to uh, uh, my homegirl, Ani Dub, with, with this two up and two down. What, what, you, what you got, girl? Now this is the point where your time where you go ahead and talk shit about this damn Liverpool shit. <laughs> yeah, okay, two up, two down. Um, two up. Obviously, um, big shout to everybody in Austin that helped out with the TIFO and helped out with um, coordinating everything. Uh, and everybody across the country who submitted their adorable postcards um, wishing the national team luck. Uh, in, uh-huh. in Australia and New Zealand for the World Cup. So thank you for everyone in all the chapters who contributed to that. Um, my second up is... Uh, I don't know. I feel like my up... I still have an up from last week that was like Lukaku not taking any crap from those crappy fans in Italy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, trust me. Let, let me go ahead and serve that as, 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 the, as the foreshadow. We will be covering that on the international episode this week. That that much I can guarantee. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Lukaku, a big ups to him. Uh, my two downs, uh, my both of my downs are gonna go to how Mosala uh, was just basically being mobbed um, in the final spin of the Sabashan versus Arsenal, and like they didn't even review it on VAR. I don't care at the results of the of the call. The fact that the the referee on the field didn't even go to the sideline to do an official review was really frustrating. Um, Here's why it's such a big deal. Uh, first of all, you know, he's one of the best players in the world. We know this. It's not anything new. Second of all, he's fouled. Mo Salah is fouled. He, he, I'm sorry. Mo Salah dribbles into the box. A lot. Almost more times than any player in the world. But last year and in the last couple years, he's drawn a foul. His average, like, minutes per foul is, like, 110. So, like, he was going 110 minutes per average mm-hmm. Premier League foul called per per dribble in the box. Like, there, there was a graph, Paul Tompkins Times. If you want to look it up, Paul Tompkins Times did, did an article in May of 2022 that literally just puts Mo Salah off, off the charts compared to literally every other player in the world. Messi, by comparison, gets a foul called every 20 minutes versus how many times he dribbles into the box. Um, but like literally most all is off the charts not getting calls, not getting calls. And for me, you know, I, you know, I think for the culture we're here to be, especially I, I, you know, sometimes I do want to stay a supporter because I get to say my heart and see my heart because I, I believe in, in this game and I believe in it's power to change the world. And I also believe in, in like it's power to help us explore things that are difficult sometimes. But at this point in time, you know, Islamophobia and you know xenophobia in the UK is absolutely huge. All of Brexit and people coming in on tiny boats and all this dog whistle language, which is very similar to our borders down here, 
um, people, you know, Mo Salah being as great as he is represents something that some people in Europe consider dangerous. And so um, there's also like, I'm not saying that anyone's purposely not making calls, but I'm saying that like, there's a huge cultural conversation right now uh, happening in the UK and with a community that Mo Salah kind of definitely represents and they love him for that. I mean, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane were both two Muslim players for Liverpool. Mm. Who, of course, they do all their fasting. Liverpool's training facility in Kirby was literally designed for Muslim players uh, to worship and have places to wash their hands and feet so it doesn't interrupt their training, etc. Um, so, like, what, like, you know, Sadio Mane used to go clean the bathrooms in the mosque uh, in Liverpool, like he would just him and Mo Salah would just regularly be there, just cleaning up and praying with everybody else. Um, but he, you know, Mo represents something not only in England but in Europe that a lot of old farts, you know, they, they don't like. And um, I think if you go back and read all the articles and read all the statistics, the shout isn't so insane or isn't so controversial because there's data to back it up. Like there's like people who are some of the foremost analytics professionals in the world are like, there's no statistical reason why Mo Salah should not be getting more calls because he dribbles into the box more than almost any other player in the world. Yet he's getting like 200% less calls. You know, the thing with the call of the weekend was if it was Harry Kane, somebody would the the center referee would have gone over to review the the footage. There's no reason. There's no reason that there mm. no one reviewed it. Uh, the VAR rules are weird. The, the the VAR refs are separate refs, and they tell the referee on the pitch whether or not they feel they should review the last call. And and there's all the sorts of reasons that they keep telling us that that, that this isn't happening correctly. But it's stoppage time. Best player in the world. Defender's got two arms around him. He should at least check. There should be at least something that says, you know what, maybe I was wrong. A little humility. You know, like, what? let's get the call right. A little integrity. Let's get the call right. And go over and check the video. And they didn't do it, which is really, really frustrating. Because he'd already missed the penalty, right? Who says he couldn't have missed another one? <laughs> that, 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 that penalty was... Damn, but you know what? I, I will say one quick thing before we head out of here. Uh, like, because again, that that comeback was was real. But um, I think there needs to be a conversation in England as far as why Aaron Ramsdale is not your starting keeper because that save he made an extra time. I was, was like, top drawer. That's to- top that's drawer. top shelf like. right there. That's absolutely. And and um, yeah, like you like you, you have a guy that's literally you know saving games for you on your on your on the first place team in your country but you're trying to say that the guy that's fighting relegation with uh with everton is your starter and i'm like and everton hasn't been good in the minute and i'm so i'm like either either he's not as good as you think or or, or maybe he's one of those guys like mcguire that's like if you're only good with England, you- like it, it it doesn't add up but well, we'll, okay. we'll make sure to cut. Co- I can help answer ahead, that ahead. question. One, there's all the politics in England, the same as how, how USA politics with MLS teams are like, you have to have a, an FC. But even then, like, you know, that kind of little politics that goes on in England, it's kind of the same way, like Jordan Pickford for Everton, all that kind of stuff. Um, but here's the thing. There's also a little American bias there because who's the other, other keeper pushing in first place? Matt Turner. 
there's a little bias. But even like then, I'm like, American you know, pushing you. But even then, like, um, I, I don't think that the competition is is that heavy. <laughs> I don't. But and and again, like, like it's the guys literally leading your first place team right now, and you're trying and people are trying to trying to really try to justify like, hey. Not because of him. I'm like, granted, you know, everything finally came all together for Arsenal this year. But, you know, and he's a part of that. Like, like, like when they signed Ramsdale last year, that finally solidified their keeper position for the first time in like years. And, and I think that, you know, their ascent has coincided with him being there and the fact that like that is to recognize more and him at least making it a conversation and debate I'm, I'm like conversation yeah you should at I least be that. you know getting more opportunities opportunities to start I'm like that that should easily be there because I'm like there's like what's gonna happen if Everton does get relegated this year then you'll be like okay yeah like we're gonna <laughs> gonna keep this guys our starting nothing keeper I'm like sense. no nothing about that makes sense but we'll talk about that We'll talk about that and more um, later on this week on the international episode. Catch us um, there. Uh, catch on your favorite uh, podcast apps. As always, you can catch us on the socials at FTCUTD on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, FTCUTD Pod on TikTok. Um, again, thank you to Amani Dub. Keep up the great work in um, in Austin. Like so, hopefully, all that other bullshit will get will get handled soon enough. But until then, the culture's real. Coaches everywhere. Take care. Take care of your bodies, people. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your, take care of your chicken. We will see y'all soon. And we out. F T C U T D.